Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is almost game time, or is it? I gotta tell you, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. The Steelers are set for the Baltimore Ravens to hopefully set foot on Heinz Field and play in this game in week 12. And alongside me is my good friend, Kevin Smith. Welcome to Pittsburgh Steelers. Here we go, the pregame show. Kevin, how are you, my friend? Ready for some Tuesday night football, Brian. How, how, how odd does that sound? Yeah, you know what? In my lifetime, I have never watched the Pittsburgh Steelers on Tuesday night. So I think that's pretty neat. You know, I had this theory that Tuesday is the worst day of the week. You know, like I have all these justifications for how I uh, how I arrive at that theory about Tuesday being the worst day. The least <laughs> to look the least to look forward to as you seems that that's that's what Tuesdays are. But I'm looking forward to uh, to tonight. Let's go. It has been an emotional roller coaster watching Twitter listening for all these reports on btsc.com the podcast network so excited to watch this game on thanksgiving then for sunday and now we're hoping it's going to happen now and we still don't know because you never know how this whole thing is going to shake out so when you first got the news when the first case hit i'm talking about dobbins and i'm talking about mark ingram what were your thoughts kevin at that point, I didn't think much about it just because every week, you know, we just get used to reading this, you know, the crawl at the bottom of our TV screens and seeing this player or that player is, you know, been placed on the COVID list. But boy, that took off quickly, man. That kind of seemed to spread like wildfire. And, um, you know, and then I just obviously when they announced that the Thanksgiving game, game was off, I was I was pissed because like the same reason you were not just that we were we were looking forward to it. But that now this is the second time that the Steelers schedule had been interrupted by somebody else's issue. And I thought that the Steelers uh, reacting on Twitter was a, totally appropriate. You know, like, I don't know what Mike Tomlin's policy with the, with the guys is as far as Twitter goes, if he wants them to kind of tamp it down after some of the drama of the past. But uh, I mean, I thought that was some justifiable anger. Well, you you are not going to tell Zach Banner or Vince Williams to <laughs> hold off on Twitter. You might ask them to, but those guys live by it. And I got to tell you, when Eric Ebron just said, this is BS, or wrote that this is BS, I was like, ah, here we go. And we all knew what that meant. And then things started circulating in. And next thing you know, you've got confirmation. And it's true. I mean, Juju said, you know, this is the second time that another team got us now. This we cannot forget about the fact that the Steelers do have their own cases. They've got they've got two starters out, while Baltimore right now has seven out. But still, when they keep on circulating in on Sunday, when you found out that Willie Sneed went out, and there's another one, and it just keeps on going, and you would have thought this would have been contained now. And on Sunday, when you saw that the Patriots and the New Orleans Saints were fined, and the Saints even lost a draft pick for stuff that went on in October, you're thinking at this point, wow, this could really get ugly for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, when I read on Sunday that they opened up their, you know, their practice facility, I was a little shocked by that. Um, you know, the NFL, I think, came out with a statement that said, you know, oh, well, we believe that they're – outbreak was was over but like you said i mean willie Sneed, Sneed tested positive so it's like i don't know i understand you have to practice but at the same time boy that's a real gamble doesn't it seem like that to you 
Absolutely. There's no consistency with the NFL right now. You saw what happened in Denver where they have to have a wide receiver from the practice squad play quarterback. <laughs> I watched some of, oh, I watched some of that game. I felt I mean, so that bad. Was, I felt like, yeah, like, the, you know, the Denver guys, we were just kind of like shrugging their shoulders. Like, what do you want us to do? You know, it's like, uh, hey, we're just doing it. So that kind of that kind of tells me that uh, they are going to be looking at playing this game. And right now, as we speak, it is being played, but anything can happen. So what we're going to do, Kevin, we are going to act like this game is going to continue and we believe that it will. So let's go. Let's take a look at this. Now, let's look at, we talked about everybody on the Steelers side of the ball and James Conner being the most important one to me. It's because of his health with him being a a cancer survivor, you know, immunity. That's a big deal for him to have that. It was nice to hear on Saturday that he was asymptomatic and feeling well. So that's good news right there. So if James Conner's okay, I don't care about him playing. I care about him being healthy. And you know what? I'm going to say that about all of the Ravens too. I care more about them being healthy and being okay and their families and the people around them being okay than them playing a football game. And if something happens that somebody is off of that COVID list and able to play, I'm, I'm fine with that too. Can't forget about the human element, Kevin. No, I mean, if you can't separate your fandom from your sense of humanity, then, you know, you got to check yourself because uh, we should all be, you know, kind of have our sentiments in the, in the right place here in terms of, you know, uh, wanting the best for all these individuals, uh, at, you know, as people. And, you know, I, I hope, like you mentioned, you know, the consistency in the league. I, I hope the league feels the same. I mean, it's a businessman that, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're taking a hit this year, you know, financially, and they're trying to make as much money as they can. Um, you know, the NFL certainly at times been accused of not having the best interests of their, um, you know, the players in mind. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes right now, but I really, I really do hope that they have a, you know, a policy in place that ensures that these guys are not being put in, in you know, in further risk. That is the number one thing, and you couldn't have said that better. Um, you know, I mentioned James Conner. I want to go ahead and mention Mark Andrews as well. You know, he's a uh, he's a type 1 diabetic, and this could be very dangerous to him. He is now on the COVID list and not expected to play in this game as well. The big name that everybody knew it was serious on Thanksgiving night, when you saw Lamar Jackson, you're like, yeah, this game's not being played on Sunday. And that's something that I predicted on the, uh, the Steelers preview the other night. When I said to the fellows, I'm like, look, everyone's thinking, yeah, there's no way the NFL is going to move this game off of Thanksgiving. And like, if Lamar's on that list, they're going to move it. Well, they moved it before Lamar was on the list, but for, <laughs> there's something weird about the whole Lamar thing. He was speculated to be on it all along. I don't know whether it was close contact but what were your thoughts when it took so long for Lamar to be on that list? I, I didn't have any conspiratorial thoughts there, you know, but I just sort of reacted to it like, you know, kind of like, wow. And, and that's when I knew, yeah, like you said, that, that they're pushing the game back for sure. And I wondered, I wondered if they'd play the game just because the quarterback is such a central figure. But then, you know, but then you read that like Denver has all of their quarterbacks on the COVID list and the NFL is like, well, you're playing. So again, I don't know what to think. It's, you know, it's just, we're, we're kind of flying blind here. I don't know if the league knows what to think. I just know like 
from my own experience as a teacher and, and a coach in the season I've been through, there's not a template for this, you know, and like, and, and it's easy to criticize the authorities for not, not knowing exactly what to do or having a specific plan, but how do you have a plan for a thing that is unique like this? You know, it's like, it's like being a parent, you know, like people can tell you what, what it's like being a parent, but until you're a, until you're a parent, you have no idea what the heck it's like to be a parent. You know, it's a singular experience. Yeah. I think we're kind of in that, in this moment right now, you know, remember way back in the day when we were, when we were being hatched, they had Dr. Spock writing books, telling everybody what to do. And then you've got what to expect while you're expecting. Well, no book is going to help you. So that parent analogy is fantastic. And, you know, <laughs> there's no book for COVID. And I understand you just wish it would be a little more uh, consistent with the NFL. But I guarantee you this for the 2021 season, there will be a huge pandemic type section in the rule book. Let's just put it that way. Not there better not, be. Yeah. Hopefully, we're not dealing with COVID 19 next year at this time. I mean, that's just hopefully that's wishful thinking. Who knows what else comes up? So when you have something like this happen, you have this on the side and ready to go in case it happens. And they just didn't have anything like this. But there has not been an investigation, but investigations have been started on a few teams on uh, Denver as well, Baltimore too. So uh, those investigations will start in of course, the investigations with the Saints and the Patriots have finished with them getting $350,000 fines. So we will see what happens. But the big thing right now is let's talk about the game. And the first thing we always do on the pregame show, Kevin, is we talk about the rankings. But they're going to really change because the game that you see on television is going to look so much different than what you expect if you look at the rankings. That, that was really proved when you had the Denver Broncos sprouting out um, their quarterback, which I don't even remember his name at this point. I know he's number two from Wake Forest, but when he, when he came out, everything went out the window. But let's look at the Steelers and Ravens on offense. This is where the Ravens have the advantage in one category, in one category only. Of the eight top categories that we look at, the Ravens only beat the Steelers in one of these categories. And this is greatly changed by COVID-19 as well. So let's look at this. Total yards, it's close. Pittsburgh 21, the Ravens 23. Passing, the Steelers ranked 18th. The Ravens are ranked 31st and now don't have Lamar Jackson to pass the ball. Rushing, the Steelers are ranked 21st. The Ravens are ranked first overall. That includes that ranking, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and Mark Ingram. So that is not going to be a number one ranked offense out there. And if you look at points, the Steelers are fourth with 29.8 points per game. The Ravens are 12th with 26.8. Kevin, who is the big guy on the offense that will be missing from this game for the Baltimore Ravens that is greatly going to change all of those rankings? Well, that, that trio that you just mentioned, Jackson and Dobbins and Ingram, you know, that's what really makes the offense go. You know, last year in the season finale, the Steelers played Baltimore without Jackson and some of the other starters. And, you know, Robert Griffin did a decent job running the offense, and Gus Edwards had a pretty big game running the ball. I mean, they still have, have Edwards. He's a physical runner. But the big problem for Baltimore is they're decimated on the offensive line as well, you know. So, like – 
they're really thin up front. So without without those three backs, you know, and I'm putting Jackson in the back category and the guy and some of their key guys up front and the tight end who's who's a really good safety blanket for them in the passing game. And, you know, they 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 do a lot of things on offense off of the play action game and the tight ends integral and all that stuff. That's just really going to make it hard for them to, to try to, to do what they do. So I guess if you're Baltimore, you got a decision to make. Do you just stick to your guns? Do you say like, look, this is who RG three is. He's a, he's a, you know, run set up, run, run to set up the past type of quarterback. Maybe we can get him on the edge a little, use his athleticism, et cetera. Um, or do we just break script and say, you know what, man, let's, let's just come out chucking. Let's try to catch the Steelers off guard. Let's try and hit some big plays early and get some momentum. I, I mean, personally, I won't be surprised at all if we see that version, if we see like uh, the Ravens kind of swing for the fences and put the ball in the air a little bit more uh, in an attempt to sort of get the lead and then try to be able to lean on their run game. Actually, that would be smart, and that's why I have a coach on the show because <laughs> – I'm not even thinking of that. I'm just thinking that these guys are scrambling, but you know, Harbs always has a plan. So uh, with this team, that's probably a good way to go. But of course, on the Steelers side of the ball, they're thinking about that as well. And they will probably be ready and ready. They will on defense right now. They are ranked fourth with total yards. The Ravens are ranked eighth passing against the pass. The, the Steelers are ranked third. Against pass, the Ravens are ranked seventh. Against the rush, Pittsburgh's ranked seventh. The Ravens are ranked 16th. And points per game, the Steelers, allowing 17.4, are ranked first in the NFL now, courtesy of the Jacksonville and Cincinnati wins, giving up only 13 combined points in those two games. On the uh, defensive side of the ball for the Ravens, not too shabby themselves, third only giving up 19.5. So here's the interesting thing. The Ravens on the defensive side of the ball, their biggest missing piece of the puzzle is Calais Campbell. But as far as everybody else, I mean, there's there's players on the def- defensive side of the ball too, because there's 20 players that have been on the list, but some of them are coming off. Besides Campbell, you would look at the defensive backs, Kevin. They're all there. Yep. So they're not losing too much on a pretty good defense, wouldn't you say? Yeah. No, I think they're in better shape on the defensive side of the ball. I know that they're a little thin up front, especially if Derek Wolf doesn't play. He's been questionable. But, yeah, you're right. The defensive backfield is intact. But, you know, the Steelers threw the ball well on on Baltimore in that first meeting, you know, especially in the second half when they went to their no-huddle tempo. So I don't think that they'll be phased really by Baltimore's – the players that they have absent – and I don't think that it'll change their game plan too much. Um, you know, it's big. When I look at the Steelers offense, to me, it's a big, it's a big uh, moment for Benny Snell. You know, like he's got an opportunity to be the, to be the feature guy. And, you know, the Steelers haven't really been big on trying to establish the run in recent weeks. Um, you know, they've leaned pretty heavily on, on Roethlisberger in the passing game. And I don't, you know, I think that that'll probably be the story again in this game, but Snell's going to have to, you know, be able to carry the load when, when the Steelers do run the ball and he's certainly capable of it. He showed it last year to me, you know, like he's, he's almost, I don't want to say he's taking a step back this year. Cause I actually think he looks better as a runner, but the run game in general has just been, you know, sort of de-emphasized. So he hasn't really had a, a moment other than that hundred yard game he had really early in the season. He really hasn't had a moment to stand out. 
So for me, this is a huge game for him, uh, both as a player and, you know, in, in, in his role in the offense. Absolutely. And we are going to talk more about that when we come back on Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's almost game time, my friends. Welcome back to the Steelers pregame show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Along with me is Kevin Smith, and we are talking Steelers, Ravens, and hoping that this game happens. (laughs) That's the big thing, Kevin. And it looks like right now, as of this point, it's happening. And so we are carrying on trying to figure out what this game is going to look like, because when we recorded the show last week, This was a completely different game. Now all these names on both sides of the ball are off. And now we're looking at what in some cases might look like the second quarter of the fourth preseason game of the year or the third preseason game of the year. So it's going to be really interesting to watch this game. There's going to be a lot of new faces and there's going to be different keys to the game, Kevin. So what I'm going to ask you first, who is the player that the Steelers should fear the most? That's a good question because it's such an unknown right now. You know, I, by no stretch of the imagination are the Steelers going to fear Robert Griffin, right? I mean, but Robert Griffin does kind of scare me a little bit in the sense that he's athletic. The Steelers have done pretty well against athletic quarterbacks in, in the past. But, like, what are they going to do with him? Like I was talking about a little earlier in the show, I don't know what Baltimore's planning offensively. And to me, that's always that's always an issue. Like look back at look back at the Dallas game with Garrett Gilbert, right? The Steelers planned for a run heavy Dallas offense because, you know, naturally, what are they going to do with this inexperienced quarterback? I think Gilbert had thrown six NFL passes prior to that game. They're going to hand the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. They're going to try and pound the Steelers up front. So the Steelers went a lot of base three, four. And, and those tricky Cowboys schemed them, in, schemed them into some mismatches in the passing game by using a lot, a lot of trip sets, which forced Watt or Bud Dupree to kind of walk off. And they were able to get C.D. Lamb in, in coverage matched up against Dupre, or against Watt and Robert Spillane. They hit him for a touchdown. They hit him for some big third-down conversions. And the Steelers wound up scrambling in that game. So, you know, you kind of get into the whole, like, all right, here's what we're going to – here's what we expect from this unknown – but what if they hit you with something you don't expect? And now you have to scramble on the fly. I mean, that's all part of the chess match of, of football. And that's why I'm thankful we have a great coaching staff because more often than not, we figure it out. But to me, with Griffin at quarterback, he's an unknown right now. Even though there's, even though there's a body of work of his in the past that you can look at, you know, it's still in this situation, we don't know what Baltimore's going to do with him. And that makes him tough to plan for. It is tough. You don't know what they're really going to come out and try to do. The guy that I'm looking at 
here as being very important in this game is going to be, besides Robert Griffin III, I think it's Gus Edwards. I think he is the guy that knows how to carry this team when these guys are down, when he has his number called. My question to you, though, as far as Gus Edwards goes, is Gus more effective because he's a change of pace when you have uh, when you're expecting Dobbins and Ingram and even Lamar Jackson, and you don't have the threat of running as much. Now you, you're going to have a threat of running with RG three. That's always going to be there, but it's not going to be as dynamic where you have to have your head on a swivel like you would with Lamar Jackson back there. My question about this, that week 17 game last year, did that tell Pittsburgh a lot about RG3 and what to expect in this game? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, uh, as far as Edwards goes, he's, he's a pretty good back. You know, if, if he's your third guy, you're in, you're in pretty good shape in the run game. And, and I mentioned before that Baltimore's banged up on the offensive line, but the Steelers are missing to it and bugs up front on the defensive line. So, you know, Baltimore might look at that situation and say, this is our biggest advantage right now. You know, the Pittsburgh's defensive line is not in particularly great uh, health right now. They're going to play us three, four because of our run game. That means that they're going to have to use, you know, some of those deeper guys uh, along the, in their defensive rotation. And, uh, and let's, let's hammer it at them and see if they can stop us. You know, I don't know if that's the way they'll go, but if they do go that route, you know, it's not a, it's not a terrible idea. Absolutely. That defensive line for the Steelers is going to be a question mark now because you know that Hayward's going to be there. You know, you're going to have a Lulu. Who else are you looking at? Because number, number three and number four, actually number two's gone now into it. And number four is gone. And who's playing on the, that end? What kind of schemes are you absolutely looking at? So what do you expect for the Steelers defensive line? Uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to play him in 3-4 because I think you have to. But what is, does that mean now? Wormley or Mondu or you know, one, of these, one of these guys who hasn't had a ton of reps, you know, does that mean that now they've got to, they've got to be able to play in the every down rotation? You know, or, do they, or do they go with their nickel package, their 2-4-5? you know, hope that they can hold up against the run with that. Um, it's, you know, it, it's a dilemma for the Steelers. And, and I'm sure that they've, that they're planning for, uh, you know, to have alternatives if the, if the base three, four doesn't work. An interesting package they ran in the first game was a three, three, five look in which they took one of their defensive uh, backs off the field and they inserted an extra linebacker. Uh, they ran kind of with, um, with a uh, high Smith in, um, it's kind of like a hybrid linebacker defensive lineman. So that's an interesting look as well. So, I mean, the Steelers have options. None of them are ideal right now, but they're still in better shape than the Ravens are. Well, I know you're going to see Carlos Davis. You might see Savon Walker, but Chris Wormley should get a whole heck of a lot of action and probably start in this game. And he is, thankfully, he is healthy playing against his old team. You know, he'll be revved up for this game as well. So that's going to be interesting. So with that being said, who do the Ravens fear the most on the Steelers? And who is your X factor as far as the Steelers go, whether it be offense or defense in this game? Well, I mean, for me, it's, it's number seven, man. You know, number seven's playing some great football right now. I just, he, he looks to me more confident in himself mentally than he's ever looked in his entire career. You know, like when he was younger, he had 
all the physical tools in the world. But, you know, it was sort of like that combination of being like cocky and and still a little bit, you know, exuberant in the sense you felt like you could make every play imaginable. And, you know, he often forced things and made some mistakes. And we all loved him for that. But at the same time, he drove us crazy at times. And he's like a more mature Ben Roethlisberger. It's, I, I, I'm be interested to hear him reflect after the season if, if he's willing to do so about how much he studied the game when he was away last year, he had that year away. And, and it's almost like um, he looks like a guy who's had an opportunity to step back and really sort of study the game from more from a coach's perspective, because he's playing so within himself. I mean, he had the one bad throw near the end of the half last week against Jacksonville, but those, those have been few and far between this year. He's like a wiser, you know, uh, version of himself and he still has a lot of the same physical tools he's not quite the, the guy physically that he was 10 15 years ago but he's he's not that far off either so to me he's playing at an exceptionally high level and Baltimore's entire game plan has to start with you know figuring out how they're going to uh, attack him all right let me ask you this keys to the game for the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers let's start with the Ravens Kevin they got to find a way to run the ball. You know, I mean, that's what they do. I, you know, and and if and if I'm them, I am definitely taking some shots early on uh, down the field to try to try to hit some home runs. But at the end of the day, man, you know, they're not going to win the football game with RG three slinging it all over the field. You know, they they might be able to 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 uh, you know shake a, a big player too loose. But if they can't run the football consistently, they're in for a long day. But with guys going down on the coaching staff right now, Danny Smith juniors out. We don't, we're not going to see Matt Canada. So the Steelers call you up and say, Hey man, Kevin, we need some help. We need you to coach this game and help scheme this up in a day. What are you going to do? What's your key for the Steelers? Keep doing what they're doing on offense, you know, um, you know, f- figure out how to stop the run on defense. Um, you know, again, man, you, you got to at halftime of that first game, Mike Tomlin said when the Steelers had given up, you know, 160, 180 yards rushing in the first half, he said that he that they didn't change the scheme. They just challenged guys at the half. And they they tweaked, you know, some things with their technique. But for the most part, it was a gut check kind of thing. And so you're going to have some guys, and Wormley might be one of them, who are going to have to sort of have that gut check moment and play some great football for the Steelers on defense. But offensively, I would keep doing what they're doing. They've been phenomenal in the no huddle package. Hopefully that they've had some time now, you know, it's been, it's, it's gone from a short week to an extended week and hopefully they've got some time to, you know, add a couple of wrinkles to it, do some things with it that the Ravens haven't seen. So, you know, I would just sort of stay in that comfort zone. It's been incredibly effective for him so far. And like I said, with Roethlisberger playing at the level that he's playing, if the Steelers can, you know, if he can, can continue to, to play well and they can, get a little bit of a run game with Benny Snell, I think they're going to be in good shape. That's good thinking. And that's what I'm going to look for as well. So Kevin, let's try to predict this game. Who's going to win and what's the score? I mean, I think the Steelers are going to win. I just, you know, Baltimore's as desperate as they're going to be because they know that their playoff, you know, uh, hopes are kind of in the balance right now. I just don't know how they overcome all the absences. So, you know, I'm going to go, I think they'll give us, give us a game, but I think it's going to wind up somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 27, 14, 27, 16, something like that. All right. I am giving the Pittsburgh Steelers a win as well, unless something crazy happens and someone shows up on that list 
in the next couple of hours, but I'm looking at the Steelers. I'm going to give them 31 points though. So I'm going to say that it's going to be 31 to 20 in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers on Tuesday night football, my friend, the first ever Tuesday that I could remember. I mean, they've been in that sweet spot all year long, you know, right in the high twenties, low thirties. So why not? Yeah, because you know what? They are averaging once again 29.8, and that went down just a little bit with the uh, Jacksonville game not being as high. So interesting stuff. I'm excited for this game. Need football. And right around the corner, we're going to be talking about Washington as well, but we can't look away. We've got the Beltway two weeks in a row. Beltway coming to the Parkway, but we got to get through this game first. We'll be talking to you next week or actually in a couple of days, probably, about the Washington football team. But until then, enjoy this game. We've been on an emotional roller coaster, so enjoy this, my friend. Absolutely, man. Tuesday night football, right? Like Mike Tomlin said, the Mac players on the Steelers will be be used to it. (laughs) Absolutely. For Kevin Smith, I'm Brian Anthony Davis. Grab that terrible towel. It's almost game time, and thanks for joining us on Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com.